0: You don't have to deal with my morning voice this time, guys. Yeah, we have nighttime voice. What did it sound like last time?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you try to make it sound so bad. Is that what it sounded like? No.
0: Everybody, welcome into the Ball Blast Podcast. I'm your host, Kate. And I'm Michelle. And you can find me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And me, Michelle, at BallBlastum, BallBlast-E-M. Mm. mm mm uh, Lots of exciting stuff going on for Ball Blast here. Obviously, we're a part of the Ross Talker Podcast Network, which we are super pumped about. Um, we have our new logo. If y'all haven't seen that, I don't think you were looking at your podcast app today. Yeah, it's it pretty is a new sick. logo. It's nice. Yes. Shout out to uh, Robert of Rob Graphics. We'll be tweeting his stuff out. He did an absolutely incredible job. And shout out to him, because when he asked me what we are looking for in a logo, I word vomited everywhere on top of him, and he turned it into this logo, which is amazing. Good job, Robert. We'll be shouting out your stuff. We're so excited to have this logo. I feel like it is absolutely perfect for the Ball Blast brand. We're kicking it on social media. Follow Ball Blast accounts at Ball Blast FB. We got an Instagram, a Twitter, and we got our, our website up. Ballblastfootball.com. We're killing it. Killing it. So excited. Well, there's lots, lots to talk about today. We did our running back episode last week. It went great. Loved it. But now we have a lot of wide receivers to talk about. Like a lot. So we've got to hit the news and then we've got to dig right in. We're going to talk about our favorite spots, our most shocking spots. And then let's just touch generally on the 2020 NFL wide receiver class. Because Good God, is it deep? It's amazingly deep. And I can't
1: (laughs) wait to talk about it. So let's jump into the news so
0: I don't get so antsy. All right. But before we get to that, I want to talk about the best Mother's Day gift around. And you know what, guys? It's a little late for you to be ordering your Mother's Day gifts right now. But I'm going to let it slide because this is a good, good gift for your mother on Mother's Day, even if it's a little belated. Right, Michelle? Like, some of us aren't timely people, and if not, that's okay. Myfrontpagestory.com has you covered, because you know what? If you're going to be late on your Mother's Day gift, you might as well get her something awesome, BA, and something very sentimental. So go over to myfrontpagestory.com, place your order, and what you get, you get an interview with a newspaper journalist, which is incredible. They... Ask you questions about your mom, whoever is special in your life, your grandma, whatever it is, you give them all of these awesome quotes. And they literally compile a newspaper article with a picture and all front page of the news story, send it to you for your loved one and watch them cry tears. You don't ever want to make your mom cry, but like uh, this is sort of the time where you need to. Yeah. Right. Like we've been in this pandemic coronavirus. She misses you. All she wants is a hug. And it's framed, it's a you know,
1: front page of a newspaper. It's it's it'll it's be so special. Paper. They can hang it up and they can see it forever. It's a perfect gift.
0: Yeah, get your siblings in on it. Get some get some good quotes for your mom, uh, for grandma, for whoever's important in your life. This is the perfect time to do it. Even if you've missed that Mother's Day era. You could do it
1: randomly. You don't need a, a yeah. event for it. Come you on, never guys.
0: need a yeah, you never need an event to surprise your mom. Everybody, we've got a 20% off code for you. Check out myfrontpagestory.com, code BLAST20. You get 20% off. Again, that's myfrontpagestory.com, promo code BLAST20, for 20% off of the best gift you will ever get your parents. It's just in. Breaking news. Breaking news. God forbid you get antsy, Michelle. I want to move right into the news so the most important news of all, Michael Florio of ProFootballDoc.com has said there is a small, like a, yeah. an, a a very small chance that the 2020 NFL season will actually be postponed.
1: Yeah. I'm not even listening to news about this right now because we have zero idea. Like, we didn't know what this world was going to be. Huntington
0: Beach just opened back up. Maybe <laughs> yeah. didn't you see the YouTube videos? And it's
1: exactly why we won't have a season. Yep. Whoa. All right. But Fran, that's a shot at you. Everything's going to be opening back up soon. Pennsylvania's taking it very, very slow. Our restaurants aren't even opening up for like 10 10? more weeks. Ugh. So like I, Pittsburgh might be able to have some football I'm games. Hungry. But, I'm hungry. I'm going
0: to lose way too much weight.
1: Yeah, uh, Pittsburgh might be able to have some football games, but I'm guessing the teams in California will not. So probably won't have an NFL season thanks to California being very um, impatient.
0: Yeah, super, super interesting, but I really do hope that that's actually a uh, a positive word in terms of what the talks are among, like, the GMs, ownership, commissioner. No,
1: everything I- right now, it sounds like it's on track. We should be getting the NFL schedule soon, so hopefully, you know, people just stay inside, stay
0: healthy, so we can get this moving and get some sports in our lives again. Yeah, we've got a lot of news to get through uh, I think it's it's worth just hitting on some of these real quick because there were deadlines for players to sign their fifth year team options for their first round picks. So before we get into that, let's talk about Andy Dalton, who just signed with the Dallas Cowboys as presumably their backup quarterback. Before they can even manage to get Dak Prescott his yeah. long term deal, is that disrespectful?
1: I don't think so. You can't just put all of your signings on hold. Who was their backup? I I don't even know who it was. No idea. I I think it's a good signing. If Dak goes down, your team isn't destroyed. Like this team is built to win now. They have all the pieces to win right now. You don't want Dak Prescott to go down and your dreams to be just shattered. Now, I don't know if Andy Dalton could bring you like deep into the playoffs – but with that offense, yeah, though? Yeah. So I, I do think if Dak were to go down, Dalton gives you somewhat of a chance.
0: And I like that. I like I that love signing. no, I love the signing, but I I do think it's a little shisty to bring in your quarterback before or bring in your backup quarterback before yeah. you even <clears throat> sign your guy to a long term deal. They have
1: like, been giving him offers. It's just not there yet. So I think it'll happen. Just everyone needs to be patient. Dak's asking for a lot. I think he's going to have to come down a little bit. Cowboys are going to
0: have to come up a little bit. They'll it sounds it like they, I think they, it, based on what I've read, it seems like they are in agreement in terms of like an actual number. It seems like where they are in disagreement is like the, the length of the contract. I think Dak wants a shorter contract, which is understandable, but the Cowboys, they, they've been... Signing all these guys for the long term, like they sign.
1: You don't sign Amari Cooper this massive contract. You don't draft Ceedee Lamb in the first round. You don't pay Zeke last year to just let Dak walk and play with Andy Dalton. Like that's not gonna happen. The signing wasn't to replace Dak, so. Everyone can stop with that narrative.
0: I. It's not about the narrative. It's just about the respect, disrespect. But
1: what are they gonna do? Let Andy Dalton sign somewhere else just because? No, you know, they you haven't should have signed some... Dak to. I think they're your trying. Long-term. Okay, I think they're trying. All
0: right. <laughs> uh, speaking of fifth year options, the Bears. Oh, in quarterbacks, the Bears did not pick up Mitch Trubisky's fifth year option, which is absolutely crazy to me. Because you got him on a rookie deal, so you were already paying him less. Picking up his fifth-year option, which is more expensive, like, I mean, it sucks. But still, like, you're paying this guy overall when you look at the sum average of his, his contract. You would be paying him much less than you would have a, a star quarterback on an a actual yep. veteran contract. So I, I
1: think they've seen enough, and they know he's not their future. Like, why why would you go get Nick Foles and then, you know, pay him all this money if you thought Mitch Trubisky was still your guy? So I don't think that was surprising, right?
0: I do. I like I don't get why you draft a guy as highly as you draft Mitch Trubisky and put put yourself on the line if you're not even going to pick up that option because we have seen a lot of flashes with Mitch Trubisky. And now if Foles push
1: pushes Trubisky to be better and like all of a sudden this year he's Yeah, better. then you just
0: don't have his fifth year. Like yeah. that I I, I would rather player. risk
1: it. Then you have to pay him immediately. But that fifth year is pretty expensive, I believe. He was a second overall pick. So, you know, if Trubisky is great and you have to give him that extension right away, it's probably not going to be too different than what you would have had to pay him that fifth year anyways.
0: I just think it's it's but an interesting But can we both move. agree that Foles and
1: Trubisky is not the answer? And they'll probably be drafting pretty early next year and maybe going for one of those top guys.
0: I absolutely agree with that. Do you think that Nick Foles, So so... Um, I saw a tweet actually today about the the odds, I believe it was on FanDuel Sportsbook, for who will be the week one starter for the Chicago Bears. And Mitch Trubisky is plus 200. I I'm was, going to smash that so up and down.
1: I was thinking it was Trubisky, but now that they didn't do his fifth year option, they don't want him to be the future, like. They're not like going into the season like,
0: oh, I hope Trubisky is great. Do you remember my counter argument, though? No, I know. Once you go, go foals you can never go back. But I don't know if they care, right? So maybe
1: they do say, okay, Trubisky, get in there, and then so maybe you can get a deal next year right because you're not with us next year anyways we we didn't pick up your fifth year option so it's like he's still going to try if he gets put back in i mean he was always going to still try because he's going to want that next contract so i think now that they decline this fifth year option they can start with foals and then put in trubisky because Trubisky's gonna... literally showcasing everything he has at that point and trying to get a contract with a different team next year
0: if we get another stimulus check I'm going to spend the whole thing Stop it. on Mitch Trubisky plus 200 to start the season. I just – I I know it's going to happen. My, She's not
1: really going to do that.
0: I am Miss Cleo. <laughs> okay.
1: It's happening. The Titans also declined Corey Davis's fifth-year option. <gasps> Massive shocker. He hasn't am, done anything. I am appalled. Yeah, he hasn't done anything. He's going to be gone after this year.
0: Is there any – so the Titans have declined their fifth-year option – is there any value in trading for Corey Davis in a dynasty league right now? Is there, like, no. he's not, he literally holds no value. We already he,
1: saw him with a second quarterback. We saw another running, or another wide receiver. It's always it been a
0: run first offense, though. Then
1: why did A.J. Brown just break out in this first year? Oh, I don't just know if he looked so good.
0: Yeah, Corey Davis is not good. Stop! No,
1: don't go trade for him. I don't care if he's free. It's not worth it. It's just a waste of
0: space. But do you, like some guys, they don't succeed in their first offensive system. Do you put any like stock who? in that?
1: Like who? Devonte Parker because he broke out with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like is that going Rashad Perryman? I, with like <laughs> finally for two games, he had good games with like with Mike Evans out and Jameis Winston just throwing bombs. I think just I'm
0: just saying like think Devonte
1: Parker now has us in this mindset that everyone's going to have a five fifth year breakout.
0: Like It's not going to happen. Yeah. It's fine. not.
1: People won't let go of Corey Davis because they had a good evaluation coming, out, like, for him coming out of college. And it's always someone else's fault if you were wrong evaluating. Yep. That's all it comes down to. <laughs> no one will take blame. The Jaguars declined Leonard Fournette's fifth year option.
0: This is actually one that's a bit more surprising to me. And it's more so because of the fact that they're actively shopping him. So, yeah. like... I I was sort of under the presumption that like they're actively shopping him. You're not gonna want to shop a guy and then be like, okay, you you guys get one season with this guy and then you have to pay him more money. You I, I feel like there would be a lot more value to his contract in a trade if you were to actually pick up that fifth year option. So you give that team more. Leeway in terms of coming to a a long-term deal.
1: What this says to me: a) They didn't draft a running back, so they can't get rid of him now, unless they pick up a vet, and I don't even know who's out there. Like they would be stuck with Chris Thompson, Carlos Hyde. Okay, that's fine, but I think they keep Leonard Fournette this year. Oh my god, he's
0: already been with Jacksonville, right? Right before Kansas City. Oh yeah, he was. He's not going back. No,
1: we were set. (laughs) T.J. Yeldon. It wasn't Carlos Hyde. No, it was Carlos. I do side think for a Carlos
0: Hyde was there for a minute. Actually. Uh, yeah, he was. And
1: <laughs> but what this tells me is they couldn't get anything higher than a, a third round pick for Leonard Fournette, right? And we knew that. I mean, he hasn't been a very good running back. I know he's been good for fantasy and people like running but he's not in efficient. Yeah, he's not efficient for the team. So I'm guessing they couldn't get a third rounder. And if they decline his fifth year option, then they can let him walk after next year. Get that comp pick. Should be a third rounder. I think. They just want to use them up this year and then get that third rounder after the offseason yeah. for comp picks.
0: Uh, winners of the draft, I don't even think we touched on this guy last week. Chris Carson, uh, the team has come out to say he should be good to go for the start of the 2020 NFL season. Super interesting because they did only draft one running back. I think we were all sort of on the fence. Are they going to take a guy high like a Jonathan Taylor or like what are they going to do there? And and they didn't. So You've got Rashad Penny, who's probably going to be starting the season on the pup list. He's not. He tore his ACL pretty late last year, and everybody said it wasn't a it wasn't a clean tear. It was a it was a rough one. So, when you're looking at the fact that the team didn't feel the need to take um, anybody higher in the draft, does that give you more confidence in Chris Carson hearing this news? Because Seattle is always a little rosy about their injuries. Yeah, Chris Carson's the starter.
1: I mean, I think we doubted him last season. He's clearly the starter. Not
0: about the starter, but is he healthy? You think he is?
1: Yeah, he has plenty of time. I don't think it was that big of an injury. The issue is can he stay healthy throughout the season? He's been injured a lot. He did hold up for most of the season last year and got hurt right there at the end. I think week one, Chris Carson will be fine. He's the starter until he gets hurt. Hopefully by that point, Penny is back healthy. And then if they both get hurt or they both can't go, then I guess it's D.J. Z- Dallas taken in the fourth round. He's all right. He's all
0: right. What was Pete's Carroll comment, though? I guess we need help on special teams. Yeah,
1: literally someone was like, okay, so what about that DJ Dallas pick? And he was like, oh, um, I guess we need help on special teams. Question like, mark,
0: question mark. I'm
1: like, that's not good. <laughs> I didn't really love his talent, DJ Dallas's talent, but I know some people are very high on him, and they're people we respect, um, their evaluations and stuff like that, so he could be good.
0: So the the thing that I find interesting about DJ Dallas is, especially hopefully after this this comment that Chris Carson should be healthy. Maybe you can get DJ Dow. I mean, he's already going super late in your rookie drafts. He's probably going to be undrafted in your fantasy leagues, barring any changes over the over the offseason. But we've heard time and time again, the Seattle Seahawks are not a group of of humans that care about draft capital whatsoever. And then you do have a very run-friendly system. Like, we have seen... I think we're thinking too hard about it. Like, it's Chris Carson, and then it's Rashad Penny when he gets back. Uh, no, I absolutely agree. But I'm saying in terms of a, a handcuff, if you're the Chris Carson owner,
1: yeah, DJ sure. Dallas is,
0: is very cheap, and you're looking at a guy who could enter a very run-heavy offensive scheme.
1: Yeah, take him in the fourth if he's there. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's basically free in the fourth round of rookie drafts. If someone already took him, it's because they like him so probably when someone already drops him he gets immediately more expensive and i don't care anymore at that point i don't think he becomes anything
0: yikes ed bichette says the steelers are likely to cut back on james connor's carries in 2020 are you shocked um, we have to also
1: remember he's no longer a Steelers beat reporter. He works for the Athletic. So it's just his opinion that he thinks that James Connors carries are going to be limited in 20 or cut back.
0: He's definitely a guy that everybody has uh, put at the, at the forefront of Steelers beat reporters, but yeah interesting to note that he is he's an
1: ex-steelers beat reporter so i don't know you know where he's getting this information from i really do think in the article it just said it's his opinion they'll cut back on connor's carries it became this big news um this past week which i hope the steelers are smart enough to cut back on his carries a little bit connor his health connor when he's healthy is used as a workhorse His body is not meant to be a workhorse. Yep. So cutting back on his carries doesn't mean he's not going to be great for fantasy because he gets used just too much. This means maybe you can have him all season long. And maybe when you start him, he gets to play more than 10% of the game before he gets hurt. He gives you a a good three points, like, multiple times he did this year. Yeah. I do think those carries or, you know, targets go to Anthony McFarlane or Ricky, which would be exciting to see what he can do.
0: Yeah, and Anthony McFarlane, another guy that – is going later in your rookie draft. So definitely a name to keep an eye on. They did have Benny Snell working into the rotation. I think we can all agree that Jalen Samuels is not a thing. Kareth White? Like, are you taking flyers on any of these guys, or is it just White's Anthony, not going to be able to
1: make the roster, I don't think, right? So He looked good last do year. Do one of these guys, does Samuels make the roster? And I think he might because he can be used in that tight end role.
0: That's where I think they need. They actually, in my opinion, should move Jalen Samuels to the actual tight end yeah. position
1: we're definitely not keeping more than four running backs and normally teams only keep three so if that's going to go to James Connor Benny Snell Anthony McFarlane with Connor's injuries maybe we keep four that would be Jalen Samuels be able to use him as a tight end running back I don't see how Kareth White makes the team maybe we you know practice we, squad I'm yeah. sure and then call up Call him up. Even if we cut him all together, he's going to be there. No one else is picking him up. We can call him up if someone gets hurt.
0: (laughs) We should certainly hope so, given the, the history of injuries within the Steelers running back core. But that's all right. I think we should go move on. Let's talk about another position here. We've talked about running back enough, Michelle. We did this all last week. It's time to talk about some wide receivers. Rookies. Rookie wide receivers. And guess what? There are a lot of them. And I think it's best to start this podcast off on a very positive note. Do you agree? I do. Let's talk about our favorite landing spots of the wide receivers in the 2020 NFL Draft. Yeah, baby, like or
1: Give me your pick. So my pick is someone that does make me dance because I am very excited. It's Denzel Mims, wide receiver from Baylor. He went late second round, and he went to the New York Jets. Now, this is a guy we were very high on before the draft. We did think he could potentially be a first-round pick. He fell a little bit further than that. He
0: fell a lot further than that. Yeah,
1: he fell all the way to the second. And people are low on him now because he fell to the Jets. And now he's with Adam Gaze. And, oh, Lordy. He, you know, he he's... Adam GaSe isn't like the best thing for players that we've seen so far in the NFL. No. Like Parker broke out once he got away from him. Drake broke out once he got away from him. Uh, is there anyone else? Like everyone that touches him is pretty bad.
0: Yeah, it's it's not great. Oh, Ryan Tannehill. Watch, Robbie Anderson's about to be, like, the wide receiver oh two next year. <laughs> the wide receiver I'm two. I'm so
1: low on Robbie, but, like, maybe that's true. Like, that would be wild if finally he gets away from if him. He,
0: if Robbie Anderson also becomes something after leaving an Adam Gase offense, like, what do we do from this point on?
1: He gets fired, and hopefully we never have to deal with it again. Thank
0: God. Uh,
1: because that means that everyone else probably on the Jets are bad this year. But I'm going to give Adam Gase a break for one second, okay? It started out rough last year. He mm-hmm. had Sam Darnold, and he got mono somehow. How? I don't know. but And then he missed three games, and then they had a bye. It was just like a rough start, okay? And then they played New England. He yeah, saw ghosts. It just it wasn't great. It wasn't great, so I'm gonna give him a break. I do think the Le'Veon Bell thing is more on Le'Veon Bell than Adam Gase. Like we already knew going into this year, like can he be productive behind a bad line, and we saw he couldn't. Well, I
0: don't think it's it's like were we really questioning if he could be good behind a, a bad offensive line? Because I don't I don't feel like a lot of us were questioning that. Yeah. I think we all knew to temper our expectations, but we knew he'd get the volume, yeah, which he and did. Which he did.
1: So yeah. I don't think that's on Adam Gase at all. So let's talk about these wide receiver, this wide receiver, Denzel Mims. I loved his production in college. He played with one of the most terrible college quarterbacks I've ever had to watch. It was so <laughs> incredibly bad. I don't even know how they couldn't find someone else. But I know there's a lot of college teams And they need to find a lot of quarterbacks to fill those teams. But, oh, my goodness, it was bad. And you know what? Mims still produced. He had over 1,000 yards. He had 12 touchdowns. And this is in 13 games because the college season is shorter. Baylor only had 24 total passing touchdowns in 2019. And I just told you that Mims had 12. So he had half of them. Wow. Yeah. So he did very well with what he had uh, in those 13 games. He had eight games with over 75 receiving yards. And then four of those games were over 100 yards. He did very well on a bad team. And we're looking now that he goes with the Jets, right? That wide receiver core is, you know, pretty lackluster. (laughs) That's putting it so kindly. Yeah, they did, you know, they did sign Brashad Perriman. Fine. You know, he had a couple good games with Tampa Bay. Maybe he's worth the risk there. They have Jamison Crowder, who is a PPR machine. You know, he gets those... 10 receptions for 30 yards he's just killing it but you know he'll be using that way I I do like Jamison Crowder I'm not trying to make fun of him there they let Demarius Thomas walk in free agency shocker they let Robbie Anderson walk in free agency I think that one was a little bit more of a shocker
0: I like when you actually go back and look at Robbie Anderson and his overall performance so literally if you go back Go to his Roto World page, and literally every off season, it is just quote after quote of him being like, "This is about to be my my <laughs> thousand yard season. This is this is gonna be my breakout." And then it, get, it never happens.
1: Yeah, I think we all thought maybe they'd resend Robbie to a, a decent co- contract, but I don't really know if he deserved it. And that could be the situation he was in. You know, he, like like everyone's nervous about Denzel Mims. Maybe it's because of that, but I
0: think a lot of it has to do with Robbie Anderson just being a, you know, maybe not that good. I, don't, I think there's like very few fantasy assets that I think have been overdrafted as many times in recent history as Robbie Anderson.
1: Yeah, so Robbie Anderson's a tall dude, right? But he's super skinny. So he's 6'3", 190 pounds and uh he's fast right he ran a 4-4-1 but he's super skinny and not strong he only did eight reps on the bench press when he was coming out of school (laughs) i could do eight reps you could not i could not you could not even do one but that's not the point at all we're not comparing ourselves to these guys eight reps isn't very good now when we're looking at denzel mims exact same height right six three but he's 207 pounds so he has an extra 17 pounds there Almost a whole inch size bigger of hand size. Ah. Just saying, he actually ran a faster forty somehow. Four four one is super fast, but he ran a four three eight. Denzel Mims at you know a, a bigger weight, and he did sixteen reps on the bench double what Anderson did. He's super strong. Double. He is amazing. Denzel Mims is amazing at contested catches. He caught twenty in twenty nineteen. That was the second most in the FBS now you're telling me that robbie anderson gone is gone he should fill that void you know and when darnold was there he did miss three games but if you're looking at the stats for robbie anderson when darnold was there he was on pace for 100 targets this year 864 yards seven touchdowns that's with a lot of uh missed balls so that's kind of on darnold on some drops on just some like oh my goodness what is happening here <laughs> plays and uh, you know i'm excited that the Jets drafted a, a left tackle early on, Mackai Beckton. Hopefully, that helps the line a little bit, gives Darnold some more time. But I, I do like the spot here. I really do. I think he's going to see a ton of targets. Where Mims excelled in college was around that 10 to 19 yard mark uh, from the line of scrimmage. And that just so happens to be Darnold's hot spot. Like, he's not great deep. He's not actually that great short somehow. But he's really good intermediate. And that's where Mims is really good. So I think this is a great fit. I think the offense altogether for the Jets will be better. I'm taking Denzel Mims. He's dropping way too far in rookie drafts.
0: He is. I think Would you take single... Mims in redraft is the big question. I, I think... Ugh rookie receivers and redraft is going to be very difficult this year and I think that is going to be for a couple of reasons so I think hey you're coming off of a like very prolific rookie class right so I think that because of the 2019 rookie class you are bound to have people even in like maybe your more casual leagues maybe not everybody that is well-versed in fantasy or plays a ton of fantasy in industry leagues maybe they won't fall for it but i generally think people will draft rookie wide receivers higher this year because of the fact that the 2019 class blew it out of the water like Bl- blown it, was,
1: it up it was kind of like the 2017 running back class right and then everyone had wanted every one of the rookie running backs for 2018 even in redraft didn't work yeah 2017 were the hunts <laughs> and the cooks and the cmcs and the i mean there was like six great running yes. backs in that class and then the next class was barkley and then a bunch of royce freeman's and Rashad Petties and carryon oh. uh, johnson so i do think that could be I think you're on to something
0: here. I do really like this class. I love the class, but I also think you have to look at the fact that we're going to have a limited off season too. Yeah. So you you're looking at a rookie class who's not going to have that time that same off season schedule, that same time with their quarterback to develop through the off season. So they are going to come in like a peg below yeah. Every other wide receiver class.
1: And normally wide receivers, even A.J. Brown, right? They would have like been he's... practicing
0: for, what, a month by now? Almost? The OTAs. Yeah,
1: OTAs yeah. I don't know. yeah, I don't know how serious those are. No, but clock, it's
0: but... it's a chance to well, get... Well, they just got
1: drafted like a week ago. So I guess they would have been practicing for one week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the same as a month. It's fine. And probably it's, like two it's days. It's almost May 5th. Probably two days they would have been maybe getting into the playbook. So, no, I don't think they have missed anything yet. But they will miss a lot of time, I do think, this off season. And what we said last year was take the guy that has upside in the end zone, right? Because most likely they're not going to start seeing a lot of targets till mid season no matter who you are. Just like AJ Brown last year, he was one of the best. He still didn't start seeing those targets till mid season. So take a guy that can be dominant in the end zone and get those touchdowns for you. And I think Denzelman could be one of those guys.
0: You know who else could be one of those guys? Who? My guy. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, so I'm going, and I'm trying not to be too too biased here because Mm -hmm. I am a Steelers fan, Mm -hmm. and I come from a family of Notre Dame fans. So Mm. I'm trying not to be too biased here, but Chase Claypool. So how are
1: you trying not to be too biased by picking him?
0: um i literally tried to pick anybody else and it just kept coming back to chase claypool all right talk about your dude Chase Claypool. I, I am very excited about chase claypool i was also very excited about dk metcalf i feel like you have this obsessive uh like persona in the fantasy community for being obsessed with dk metcalf but mm-hmm. like who who was originally obsessed with dk metcalf yeah
1: It was me. Oh, no, no. I thought you were going to go somewhere else here. I have a very specific um, play style of running backs that I get obsessed with. I think you have a very specific play style of wide receivers that you get obsessed with. And Chase Claypool matches that for you.
0: Oh, absolutely. So when I'm looking at a wide receiver that I think is uh, able to make immediate impact in the NFL, I'm looking at a giant, massive dude. (laughs) who is fast, mm-hmm. who has nice hands. And honestly, like, I feel like the fact that some of these guys run a limited route tree deters a lot of people from drafting them. And guess what? It it seems to work out because guess what? The the offensive coordinators who draft them know exactly how to no, use run. them. Run. Run the ball. Like, like they just run deep. We'll run deep you. and you are big enough to, to catch the ball. And Chase Claypool fits that for me. He's going to be – thrown the ball by Ben Roethlisberger, who is like the king of just like tossing the ball up in the air. I, when we
1: were talking about Chase Claypool before the draft, we said he needs to go to a team like DK did, where he's going to a quarterback that just will trust you. He will throw it up. He doesn't care. Like he's going to throw it up and let you win. And DK got Russell and it was a great fit. I do think Claypool going with Ben is like a, a perfect. Fit.
0: Oh, it's a shoe, And Ben's not like the accuracy guy like Russell Wilson is, but they're very similar prospects. So you look at DK Metcalf, 6'3", 228 pounds. Chase Claypool is actually bigger and, and, and badder, right? 6'4", <laughs> and a quarter, 238 pounds. DK Metcalf ran a 4'3", uh, Nobody's going to compete with that. No, right? that was insane. John Ross, maybe, but like Chase Claypool ran a 4'4",
1: and at that weight that's amazing like DK Metcalf isn't human that's why he ran a 433 at that weight and that height but Claypool is 10 pounds heavier 1 inch heavier and still ran a 442 yes that's insanity
0: they both posted a a 40 and a half vertical which is incredible they're both explosive they each have 9 inch and (laughs) 7 eighths inches hands like they like the same exact hand size like they're both gigantic human beings and both of them ran a limited route tree in college. I do think the fact that, like, you look at the Steelers' offense in 2019, and it, it was not the same offense as 20, 20, 2018. It, it doesn't matter that Antonio Brown wasn't there. It doesn't matter. It The thing that matters is Ben. Mm-hmm. Like, you aren't going to be able to pass the ball at the volume that Ben is capable of passing the ball if you can't sustain drives. And you can't sustain <laughs> drives with – Devlin Hodges and Mason Rudolph although I really wanted that experiment to work it did not
1: and you can't do it when you had no running game either I mean when you're starting running back is hurt the entire year basically just like banged up and when he is playing he's out within five seconds and your backups aren't good it's really hard to sustain a drive the whole offense was garbage
0: it was it was all garbage and I do think so a couple of our her- things that I'm looking at. So I'm looking at the quarterback situation. So we said, Big Ben's going to be back. The Steelers have made literally no effort to, like, actually get a backup quarterback, which is mind-blowing to me. I think it's stupid. But that has to be a huge vote of confidence for Ben Roethlisberger to return very healthy. Like, there's no way that Jameis Winston signs a deal for a million dollars. One million dollars. Yeah. One, can we talk about that? $1 million? And the Steelers don't even make an offer?
1: Yeah, and people are going to make, they made an offer, they didn't accept it. That was a joke, guys. It wasn't a real thing. It was
0: not a real thing. Kevin. Uh, Kevin Colbert came out to say that they never made Winston an offer at all, which, which is, is just crazy. Annoying. It's I mean, it's those stupid.
1: personalities actually would not have mesh in that locker room. It's fine. But I do agree with you with Chase Claypool. It's here. just a,
0: it's a vote of confidence.
1: So I, I think we'll stop talking about the Steelers here in a second because people will say homers. But we're just talking about Chase Claypool. But when we're talking about the whole offense in general and if Chase Claypool has a fit here, we have Deontay Johnson, who's the route runner, right? We have Juju who's the slot guy. Love that he can get put back in the slot. We have James Washington, who hopefully we just use deep. And then Chase Claypool can use like that underneath guy, also deep, also red zone. Like you can use him in any such way. They don't really use a tight end all that much. And people said that he can be a tight end type player in the
0: NFL. Oh, they, they've called him a hybrid before. And like when you're looking at a guy like James Washington, who that's sort of like his niche, right, is going deep getting the ball he he hasn't been super efficient in his first two seasons i mean he he definitely made improvements from from year one to year two had a 42 percent catch rate in his rookie season bumped all the way up to 55 yeah he's not like i'm pretty sure if i'm remembering correctly his contested catch rate is actually higher than his catch rate and Hmm. that's that's
1: weird yeah. <laughs> Like that's not okay well one thing i was going to say about chase claypool is he is excellent at uh catching contested catches like obviously he's so big he's going to be able to do that but he's also unusually good after the catch for his size mm-hmm. and i think it's because he could just run people over but he's able to force a lot of missed tackles with that weight with that speed so i'm with you here i love this chase claypool landing spot is a time to get negative
0: I think it might be. Let's get negative,
1: negative.
0: I want to get negative. Oh, my
1: goodness. I feel as uh, as corny and stupid as The Michael Office. Scott with Michael, and, Michael and, Holly. and Holly. Oh. <laughs> But looking at us just do that right now, you guys would just turn this off right away. If this was
0: video. Thank God it's not video. Yeah.
1: But for real, let's jump into our most shocking picks of the draft. We're not going to be too negative, so don't get too upset if your guy, your favorite player, your favorite team's on this list. But we are going to name two wide receivers, one each. Of just a, you know, a shocking landing spot. Maybe we didn't think this was the perfect fit.
0: (gasps) Hello? What? 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 Scary. Yo, I'm going to check his vibe. What are you? Yeah, what are you? Bad vibes. Michelle, who's giving you bad vibes? Bad
1: vibes. I do feel bad piling on to this guy and this team because I feel like this is what everyone's been saying. But it's Henry Ruggs with the Vegas Raiders. Okay, That
0: sounds wrong.
1: I know it really does, but we'll get used to it. And when we used to say Mm. Los Angeles Chargers, it sounded wrong. Now we're used to it. But Henry Rooks from Alabama, he was taken as the first wide receiver in the draft at the 12th pick. Now, I did expect him to be the first wide receiver just because of all the hype early on and how
0: fast he is and how it's much It's the combine. That's what is wrong with the combine. Oh,
1: I know, but he can really help a team. I'm okay with him being the first wide receiver even though I love I love CD Lamb so much and he should have been the first one, but it's okay. It's just the fit here with the Raiders. I wasn't expecting, right? So when we look at Alabama, they were stacked. They had Jerry Judy, who won a couple picks after him, and then other wide receivers. Like People might not even know this, but they have two other wide receivers on their team that will probably be first-round picks at the very worst second-round picks in Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddell. And then Najee Harris is a running back, who will also be a first or second-round pick next year, and then with Tua, of course. So this whole offense was stacked, right? And he still put up very lackluster... Numbers And maybe you can say it's because, you know, they spread the ball around. But ugh, he was a third option there. He never taught more than 750 receiving yards. Don't love that. He produced just 16.8% of Alabama's receiving yards. Historically, not being involved in college is not good for no nope. at least for fantasy assets, right? Like he could still be very good for the team. It's just historically has not been good for fantasy numbers. And we're actually looking all the way at the 30% mark there is what we're looking for. So this is almost half. Yep. Not it's, good. It's
0: definitely a big deficit there. And it, like you said, it's not just the fact that, like, you need to have that sort of threshold for real-life talented wide receivers. Like, you can be an incredible asset to your franchise while not being productive for fantasy. And this has just been one of the metrics that proves to be – at um, least somewhat indicative yeah. of NFL success in and, fan- and when, fantasy. When
1: you look at the numbers, um, I just pulled the last ten years or so. If you didn't produce 30% of your college's team's receiving yards, like it's been really bad. If you if you put together the two groups, it's like the top group. It doesn't mean you're going to hit, but the bottom group. It's like oh my god, like everyone busted, besides the guys that were injured. And Henry Ruggs never had that injury. He played every game, and he still didn't produce. He only had two contested catches all of 2019. Uh, not great, but a lot of that could, you he's know, he's fast. Be, he's fast, so maybe he's getting open and he doesn't need to make those contested catches. He's insanely fast, actually. Ran a 4.27 at the combine, and people were upset. They thought he was going to run faster. Guys, they thought the record he was going to be John Ross. Yeah, the record's 4.22, and people <laughs> were upset by 4.27. He's insanely fast. He's going to be able to open up this offense. Now, when we're talking about Henry Ruggs, we really wanted him to go to a team that had an established wide receiver one, that already had someone across from him to give him that space. You know, he's he's used to playing with really good offensive weapons.
0: Well, and the thing too, I, I you generally hate to rely, especially like in today's fantasy leagues, on guys that aren't big on reception volume, that mm-hmm. aren't big on target volume that aren't big on yardage like you want voluptuous guys and generally your speedsters they are there to open up the offense they're not possession receivers yeah
1: and i just really wanted him to go to a team with a great wide receiver one get that guy open and then also rugs gonna have his time because defenders are more focused on that wide receiver one now henry rugs like isn't he the wide receiver one with the raiders tyrell williams I mean, Hunter Runfro looked good last Him year. Him and Terrell
0: Williams are sort of the same prototype-ish. No, but like you're talking like speedsters that work on the outside. I don't yeah. think I, I don't. Think I do think yards after their catch. is
1: very different for the two. I, I'm not going to put Henry Ruggs down that much.
0: But. No, but I'm just saying, like when you're looking at the prototype of wide receiver in that offense, they both sort of fit a similar. A similar mode. You yeah. are the speedy...
1: I expect Tyrell Williams to, like, basically disappear in this offense. I mean, he did last year as yeah. the only guy. He they, had some touchdowns. They did draft Brian Edwards later on in this draft that we'll talk about um, soon here. That makes me happier because Edwards has more of that wide receiver one build and play style, so maybe Rugs can be that compliment to him. I, I am just worried, like, is there going to be enough space for him without these skilled players? Also, like, this, this fit is kind of random, right? Because if he has all the speed and you want him to use him to open up the offense, that means you have to run him deep. If you want him to open up the offense, you have to have him go deep. And Derek Carr was the fourth, like when we're looking at his numbers, he was fourth lowest in completed air yards per attempt at only 5.4. And when we're looking at guys that were underneath that, two of those guys were Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. <laughs> so like, that's not like he was even lower than fourth because those aren't actual quarterbacks in the NFL. Ouch. But like Derek Carr doesn't throw deep. He he likes to throw short, which maybe Ruggs can be a good fit there, because then he can use his speed, and he's great after the catch, and he, they can help there. It, it's just an interesting fit to me. We'll see how it works out. I don't want to hate on it too hard, but when I'm talking about Henry Ruggs, I'm not touching him in redraft. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, whatever. In Dynasty, he he's going late enough you can take the chance on him. He's going in the second round. There's still guys... I'd rather take, like, Denzel Mims is going right around there or after him. much rather take Mims
0: and Ruggs. But he's also sort of the guy that I think will take a little bit more time to develop. Maybe, like, even if he has a very successful NFL career, I think his sort of prototype will take longer to develop in the NFL. I would rather, like, if I'm drafting for fantasy, I want a guy like Chase Claypool who just is big and can catch a ball. Like rather than a guy that has to learn an offense and, and fit a certain yeah. mold. It's, the thing that worries me
1: the most is just, like I said, Alabama was just so stacked. So when they actually did throw it to Ruggs, and it didn't happen as much as, you know, defenses weren't as worried about Rugs because they threw to Jerry Judy a hundred times or one of these other wide receivers who are going to be first, second-round picks more than Rugs. So when it happened, like, there's just so much space. There's so many people they had to worry about. Who do you have to worry about in the Raiders offense? Josh Jacobs, but not even in the passing game. <laughs> like, Josh Jacobs is great, but no, in but the passing game, they're not using him in that way. They
0: refute – Like, do you have Darren you guys Waller? Seen- I- Darren Waller is good. Oh, he's the biggest threat. Have you guys seen the clip of Josh Jacobs literally jumping up and down, yeah. begging for the ball? And didn't didn't maybe we could say, okay,
1: Derek Carr, maybe when he leaves, they'll throw it deeper. Marcus Mariota, like, hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong for Henry Ruggs. He, he, you know, I, I feel like he's a good story. He's a small dude. He's fast. He didn't have a lot of production, like, let him break out in the NFL. I just don't see it.
0: I don't want it on my fantasy team. Yeah. Give me yours. All right. I'm going with a, a lesser known name. I'm going to look at K.J. Hamler, drafted by the Denver Broncos in the second round. But, like, 214 early. Yeah. 214 oh, is very early, and and this was like, this was sort of very surprising, especially given the fact that the Denver Broncos took a wide receiver Jerry Judy in the first round. So, yeah. your your fellow man's Alabama, your fellow Alabama's man, like mm-hmm. they they already invested high draft capital. So this was like I don't even know that I think this is a like a bad move from the offense, but I hate this move for fantasy purposes. So K.J. Hamler, he played with uh, Penn State, taken in the second round. They're clearly loading up on offensive weapons. Like, they, they want Drew Locke to be a thing, mm-hmm. and they will give him no excuse. Yep. But it is a— He has no excuse. He has no no excuse, which is tough because, like, he just got the, the chance to start at the end of last year, and you're already— Yeah, yeah. Putting this sort of pressure, but like John Elway, you've drafted too many quarterbacks, and it hasn't. None of them have worked out. So, the pressure is on, John. Yeah, and I
1: think what's scary for KJ Hamler is, I mean, like you said, they drafted Jerry Judy in the first round, early first round, and then they have Noah Fant from last year. They have Corlin Sutton, who's the true wide receiver one there, like fantastic. But Jerry Judy is
0: one like the best judy's like a possession guy he's either the best wide receiver in this
1: class or second with cd lamb here whatever way you want to look at it but he's definitely the possession guy and so if you're giving your targets to sutton and to judy and then you have melvin gordon you just signed who's a that's my receiving running
0: back like you're looking at this guy who kj hamler he is very fast he's boasted he wasn't able to participate in the combine he had a hamstring injury but they like there was word that he was going to post somewhere in the four two range, which is crazy for his forty. He's super fast. He's relatively smaller, 5'8", 178. But you look at this guy who who can fill this like speedy speedy mold. But then, like, where does he fit into that offensive scheme? Because you've got
1: I don't know if there's I, enough passing to go. I don't
0: on. think there is because you've got all those offensive weapons. You you mentioned they just signed Melvin Gordon. And then look at their their other running backs. They've got Philip Lindsay, and they've got Royce Freeman, both of whom have shown proficiency as pass catchers. Like mm-hmm. everybody in your backfield, they signed Albert O, who <laughs> they is also like drafted Albert O, but yeah, yeah, same thing. But. Like one of the better pass catching tight
1: ends of this class. They have a a stacked offense, and I do think it'll take time to all gel. They're super young. Even Cortland Sutton is super young. And when we're saying all this, like, don't take this as us putting Cortland Sutton down because I think he was better both his rookie season and second year when Emmanuel Sanders was there. So I think Jerry Judy being there helps him.
0: It's just I think KJ Hamler could help him because he is like he's a fast guy. He's He's definitely somebody that that is dangerous because of that speed. But, like, we've never seen him be a dominant force in an offense.
1: K.J. Hamler should not go even in the 15th round of redraft.
0: No. No. Like, I would not sniff him. No. I wouldn't, like, sniff his body odor from 30 feet away. (laughs) We have
1: to just think, like, you know, there's – the Denver Broncos' defense isn't that bad, right? So – They're not going to be throwing a million times. They did just sign Melvin Gordon. They're going to be running. They're going to be trying to protect Drew Locke and not make him look bad. If Drew Locke has to throw 600 times this year, he's not probably going to be good. Like, I don't want to say he's not going to be good, but if they're leaning on him that hard, like... He's playing catch up. Yeah, that's not gonna be good, and I, I don't think KJ Hamler is gonna be the dude. I'm not even very excited about him in Dynasty.
0: No, and when you like look at his size, look at his weight, yeah, look five, at the fact eight, that He's mm. never exceeded a thousand receiving yards. So like he did redshirt his freshman year. He had a torn ACL, which is like not great either. But well, he
1: had not have been there in the third round. This is a random pick.
0: It is a random pick. I like this is a very random pick with the with the number of offensive weapons in. Denver, like I would have expected yeah, them to t- go defense, defense here. T- I, defense I like I did. Or
1: offensive line or something else to help out Drew Locke. He didn't need another guy. You had Deshaun Hamilton, you had yeah, Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick but, but you had someone else to take that third wide receiver spot.
0: Yeah. and KJ I Humber's mean, there runner. was plenty of depth in this class. Or you yeah, take him in the third. Yeah. Oh. And I, I don't know. I don't like the signing. It's not that like maybe KJ Hamler in a different offense would have a different fantasy outlook, mm-hmm. but. I don't see there being opportunity for him. I think maybe his best impact, like maybe he'll be like a special teams guy who's going to be relevant in those leagues where you get return yards. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. All
1: right, let's talk about the rest of the guys here that were drafted in the first two rounds. We have a lot to get through. We're going to hit on them fast because we just talked about pew, pew, pew. those four for a while. So let's hit on these guys fast. Jerry Rapid Judy. round. We were just talking about KJ Hamler who went to Denver in the second round. Jerry Judy went to Denver in the first round. And he's from Alabama. We talked about Henry Ruggs. But he was the wide receiver one in Alabama. He commanded the most targets in that offense. We already talked about how stacked that offense was, right? He demanded 108 targets still. And we're talking about a college season here and just, like, college stats. Like, that's really good. In
0: 13 games. Yeah.
1: So he had 77 receptions, 1, sorry, 1,163 yards, and 10 touchdowns.
0: Yep. Fantastic. And- amazing out of the slot. Such a like just a dominant possession guy.
1: Best route runner in the class,
0: great Easily. speed. He's uh, he's going to be absolutely great for fantasy and he's a guy that I wouldn't um I, I wouldn't feel uncomfortable actually taking him in redraft because I do think he will have that PPR upside. So I will say one reason why
1: I'm scared about taking him. But one, one other thing I want to say here is we saw Emmanuel Sanders be pretty good in this Denver offense. It wasn't with Drew Locke. That's just my only concern. It was with Joe Flacco and Joe Flacco is a a vet that knows what he's doing. But I do think he can play that Emmanuel Sanders role where he's just like a really good route runner and he knows how to get open and he knows what he's doing. I think Jerry Judy is going to be fantastic for this offense. I think he's a great draft pick. And I, I do think he's good for fantasy if you're in a keeper league, if you're in a dynasty league, love him and redraft. I don't know, man. Like Drew Locke. Drew Locke, so I, I know everyone has this in their brain, that Houston game, right? Where they won thirty eight to twenty four and we're like, what is going on? I
0: think what everybody has in their head is Drew Locke sitting on the sidelines rapping. Yeah. But so- if anybody hasn't seen that video, you gotta Google it. Go to YouTube. Just just type in Drew Locke rapping and you will see what all of the offseason hype is about. Yeah.
1: Everyone loves the dude. He seems so fun. Like oh, he I seems I'm, like I'm rooting great, for dude. him hard. Uh but that Houston game also sticks in everyone's head because everyone expected Houston to you know run all over them, just you know stomp them. Houston really needed to win this game for playoff seeding and then Denver came, no, yeah, came to Houston and stomped them. And Drew Lock had a, a good game that day. He had 309 yards, three touchdowns. This is what people are remembering instead of his 134 yards, 208 yards and zero touchdowns, 192 yards and one touchdown, 177 yards and one touchdown.
0: And also, let's remember that that the Houston defense was nothing to be scared about. Oh,
1: their corners scared were about. so
0: bad. And like, look at these people they were playing, right? So he had to
1: play the Chargers his first game. That's rough. Like They have really good corners, and that's probably why he only threw for 134 yards. Kansas City... Man. 208 yards like that's kind of middle of the pack but they did have pretty decent corners. Detroit some of the worst especially at this point. 192 yards Oakland Raiders. Some Yikes. of the like you could throw all over them. 177 yards. That was his last game. They won 16 to 15.
0: And only like ninety-nine percent of these passing yards from Drew Locke went to Noah Fant. So <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> but for real? I think <laughs> Noah Fant broke out like two seventy-five yard touchdowns in this time. And I'm talking about Drew Locke finishing with 177 yards. So yep. that means seventy-five yards of those went to Noah Fant and a long touchdown in one of these games. I I'm not as pumped about Drew Locke just easily taking this leagues, first next step. No.
0: Yeah. In PPR leagues, I could see him. As in, an outlet, yeah. For I don't Drew think Locke. Jerry
1: Judy gets more than four touchdowns. And what we're saying is, don't take wide receivers in redraft leagues that don't have that high upside. Like even Cortland Sutton, we're seeing like has like a six touchdown ceiling within this offense. Yeah, I, I'm staying far away from Jerry Judy in redraft in Dynasty. Love him, take him.
0: It might just take a couple years. And I, I definitely feel more comfortable taking Jerry Judy, but like late round Jerry Judy. In only PPR leagues. like You're talking about redraft? Yes. And my 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 requirements are very specific. And then it ends there. CeeDee Lamb mm, was probably yep. one of the most shocking picks for me of the... Because he fell so far. And he fell so yeah, far Yeah, the but 17th he fell, pick. He fell so far. <laughs> but I did not expect Dallas to actually take a wide receiver here. They had just signed Amari Cooper to a... a Five-year, what was a hundred million-dollar contract? Yep. And then they take CeeDee Lamb yep. in the first round with the seventeenth overall pick. Yep. I love I, it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love. No, I absolutely love it. I think this literally automatically boosts Dak Prescott to if you didn't already consider him a top five quarterback, he's easily a top five quarterback yep. for fantasy. He is the steal of the draft. Mm-hmm. He is my number one wide receiver. My in number class. one wide receiver. Oh, in class. He is. Absolutely incredible. He he reminds me so much of, like, an OBJ type, where he can just make insane plays. He's got incredible body control.
1: He reminds me of Julio Jones, who will actually
0: perform, unlike OBJ. Mm, I don't mm. like that. 6'2", um, <laughs> 198 pounds, ran a four five. He it, needs to put some weight on, for sure. Yeah, but he's got, like, let's look at the fact that he's sitting with Amari Cooper, mm-hmm. Dallas. Uh, Gallup, Mm -hmm. Dallas Gallup, (laughs) Dallas is Gallup. Um, So like he's actually sitting with a a nice group of wide receivers where he doesn't have to flourish into his role immediately. He can sort of grow into that. And Amari Cooper's contract is structured so that maybe he doesn't need to be the long-term guy. So maybe you, you keep him in Dallas for the next two years, trade him when, you know, maybe your dead money drops a bit, And then see the lambs ready by that point to take over, be your wide receiver. What Jerry Jones asked him to take number eighty eight from Michael Irvin.
1: Yeah. No, that's And Des Bryant.
0: Like that is that says something to me about what Jerry Jones anticipates of CeeDee Lamb long-term.
1: Yeah, and CeeDee Lamb in college was fantastic. He, he he did nothing but produce. In that Oklahoma offense, he put up over 1,300 yards, 14 touchdowns. That's 32% of Oklahoma's receiving yards and 38% of, of their receiving touchdowns. We did say 30%. Yeah, is 30% that? is that threshold. He, he made that. It's literally just getting above that, and he had 32%. Like, that's perfect. 38% of receiving touchdowns, like I said. 3.99 yards per route run was ranked second in the FBS and uh, uh first in his 2020 NFL
0: draft class. Incredible. Yeah. Amazing. For those of you yards like unfamiliar with the metric of yards per route run, it is a metric mostly put out by profootballfocus.com very indicative. Like year to year, it's probably one of the most reliable stats. Um, I mean, mainly you're looking at wide receivers and tight ends for the stat, but super indicative of like production from year to year yeah. because you're you're really looking at as long as you have a minimum target share, right? Like you can't do like, oh, you ran two routes, like. No, and I definitely, like, not even minimum target share, but minimum, like, number of routes run, I think you definitely have to specify. So you're just
1: looking here, like, how many routes do they run throughout the season, and how many yards do they average per route run? And he averaged nearly four yards per route run, which is amazing when you're running all those routes. And like I said, it was first in the class this year. 11 yards after catch per reception, ranked fifth in all of the FBS, which is, uh, you know. The only thing that matters in college football is that. Out of like all what, 130? 30 teams. teams? Yep. 130. 130 teams, I believe. Okay. He's amazing at uh, forcing missed tackles after the catch. And he's fantastic at catching contested catches. He was fifth um, in the FBS there as well. And you might be saying, okay, but like, can he be productive in this Dallas Cowboys offense? Like, is this a good fit? Because how are three wide receivers going to get all of this work, they did it last year. Dak almost Randall had, Cobb was like the sneakiest son yeah. of a gun. Somehow, Dak almost had five thousand passing yards, and no one wants to talk about that four thousand nine hundred and two passing yards. Amari Cooper had nearly twelve hundred yards. Michael Gallup, in fourteen games, had over eleven hundred yards. Randall Cobb, in fifteen <laughs> games, not even a full sixteen-game season, had eight hundred and twenty yards. Eight hundred twenty-eight yards. And it's Randall Cobb late in his career who had a couple good years in his, you know, life, but <laughs> isn't anything special. So I do think easily CeeDee Lamb can see that same type of work that Randall Cobb saw this year. Randall Cobb is gone. He's now on the Houston Texans. I think they put him there in the slot. CeeDee Lamb can really play anywhere, but I think they put him there in the slot, let him work. He's gonna have tons of space. I'll I'll take him. I'll take him and redraft. He is my number one in dynasty. Like yep. I want, I want him as my number one wide receiver in rookie drafts. Yeah, I, I I think he easily sees 800 yards this year, just like Randall Cobb did, and that's really good for a rookie.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I do think you have to to look at the fact that he he's filling this role, and then you also see the fact that like Jason Witten no longer. Yeah. No longer a target in that offense, which, it, like, you can argue that he didn't play a, a mega role in he that saw offense. He had over 500 yards. He had over 500 yards, and he was a, a guy that Dak looked to on, like, crucial downs. We have to also think about how often does Amari Cooper get hurt all of the
1: time? And C. He's, C. like, Lamb, hurt
0: just chronically.
1: C.D. Lamb actually has the skill set to be a wide receiver one. We see Michael Gallup actually struggle when Cooper goes out, and is better as that wide receiver two— I think Lamb has a skill set to still thrive as a wide receiver, one, as he was in college with little help across from him. And then, like, in Dynasty Leagues, Amari Cooper can be cut after the 2021 season, so two seasons, for only $6 million dead cap and $16 million savings if Amari Cooper's career track is going anything like his, you know, has how it has so far. We'll we'll see. What Jerry happens.
0: Jones is a dog structuring yeah. that contract. All right, let's move on. We've got so many wide receivers to talk about. Jalen Rager taken with uh, the twenty first pick in the, in first, the first round, round mm-hmm. by Philadelphia. I like this pick. They needed a wide receiver so badly, yeah. and now Wentz has a, a guy. It's not Alshon Jeffrey. It's Jalen Rager. He's a supreme athlete. He's great after the catch. Great route runner. Hasn't always seen the volume, so like he he hasn't always put up that volume that you want to see from your elite wide receiver. One, he's got a smaller frame, just six hundred and eleven receiving yards in twenty nineteen, which isn't yeah. good. But you know. but let's think about the fact that among all like FBS wide receivers, Jalen Rager had one of the highest percentage of uncatchable passes thrown his direction. So. You are looking at a guy that he, he wasn't dealing with a lot of good quarterback play. No,
1: and his quarterback was really, really bad. Like, I'll give him that. I really like Jalen Rager, the talent. I'm shocked he went in the first round. I'm shocked they took him over guys like T. Higgins or even Justin Jefferson. Mm. There's a lot of growth he needs here. He's only 5'11", 206. He's a, a super fast receiver. He, he can be that deep guy. I don't know how much I love him as a wide receiver one in that offense, and that's really what they needed. Like like Ruggs, I wanted Rager to go to an offense that already had an established wide receiver one, and he could be the wide receiver
0: two. So can I make the the counter argument um, from Philly's perspective? You have Zach Ertz and you have Dallas Goddard. Mm-hmm. So that, that does alleviate some of the pressure as a wide receiver. Because, like, let's be honest – Ertz has been their wide receiver yeah. one for You're how long? You're still going to
1: have all the corner.
0: Oh, that. you will, but but there is still coverage from your your safety that needs to be yeah. focused in on Ertz. Your linebackers need to pay attention to Ertz. Whoever else is floating around has to cover Goddard. So it they do open up the offense a little bit.
1: Yeah, Rager is going to have a great opportunity here. It's just he drops a lot of balls, man. Like you say he had like the least amount of catchable balls but the catchable balls he did have he dropped like he dropped nine passes this year that's really really bad and i do i see the skill set here for him I just think he's super raw and I'm just shocked he got taken in the first round like when we're looking at the six hundred eleven receiving yards and you're saying oh my goodness his quarterback was so bad that's why he only had six hundred and eleven receiving yards it's like well, he only put those up against the worst defenses, man. Like when
0: you're looking at he had 3 games with fewer than 10 receiving yards.
1: That sucks. He had 4 games with fewer than 15 receiving yards. Yikes. Yeah, he uh he only had one game with over 100 yards. The games he put up, he put up 60% of his production in four games. 60% of his total production in four games out of 12. One of those games was Arkansas Pine Bluff. Ah, uh, the Have defense you guys heard number of, one. I'm pretty sure 95% of our audience right now listening has never heard of Arkansas Pine Bluff. It sounds
0: like a delightful Yeah, college. not
1: even in the FBS. Another one uh, against
0: Texas Tech. Bottom three pass defense out of 130 teams they were bottom three pass and even against texas tech it was only three for 81 and a touchdown it's not like he blew up yeah so we're talking about those four games he had good games and the other eight
1: games he averaged 30 receiving yards people are very very excited about rager because they see the skill set and i do too but it's just like i think we need to relax a little bit i really do i think it'll take him time to develop i'm not touching him in redraft He's going really early in rookie drafts, like mid first, late first. Not, t- I won't own any Rager shares. It's pretty much what it comes down to, down to which is sad because when I watched his film, like I was like jumping Wait, out of my seat. I loved Rager. Yeah, like there's some games he makes you jump out of your seat. You're so excited. He looks so good, but no, no,
0: no. <laughs> no, I, I just, no. No. Don't touch this guy in redraft leagues. He's if going to I'm have wrong. a ton of opportunity. Opportunity isn't always a great yeah. thing, though. The JJ oppor- had a lot of
1: opportunity, too.
0: Yeah, the the more opportunity you have, the more pressure that is, is on you, not just from, like, a mental perspective, but from coverage. Like, if there is nobody else in that offense and you are the only one with opportunity there – defensive coordinators aren't stupid. Yeah,
1: and I hope they just use him as the deep weapon for year one, and maybe that turns out really nice for him, right? Like, he can use as that deep weapon. Hopefully he can catch a ball if he gets it to him. Because Carson Wentz can deliver a ball to you. Like, he'll be able to deliver the ball much the quarterback difference between him going from college to the NFL is going to be insane for him. I just really wanted him to go to a team like Green Bay where they had Devonte Adams there to take away all that pressure, and he could be used as a deep threat. Now teams are, you know, they're gonna be looking at Raker. Who else are you looking at? Nine hundred year old <laughs> Elshon Jeffrey that gets hurt the second you touch him. <laughs> Deshaun Jackson who's literally turning one hundred and one. Literally
0: one hundred and one. Happy yeah. birthday. All uh, right, let's move on. Yeah, let's move on to one of my favorite wide receivers in this in this draft, actually. And one of my favorite fits in this entire draft, Justin Jefferson. If I didn't have Chase Claypool as my number one, this guy would be my number two favorite fit. Justin Jefferson from LSU goes to the Minnesota Vikings, replaces Stephon Diggs, who is is headed off to the Buffalo Bills to give Josh Allen a a number one wide receiver. He's a productive dude and a fantastic offense. LSU was unstoppable. Mm -hmm. Like you have Joe Burrow. You've got Justin Jefferson. You got Clyde Edwards Hilaire. You like you, didn't you literally, even bring up Jamar Chase, who's the Jamar best wide receiver in yes. college football. You you literally have the most stacked offense in in college football championship winning team. He was still very productive, which I think does say something to to his skill set. But like, let's look at the way that that translates to the NFL. So you you do translate very well to uh, the fact that like. This team establishes the run. This team has an accurate quarterback. This team has another wide receiver in that offense to be a possession guy, to be a slot guy. You've got Adam Thielen. I feel like they've got so many weapons in that offense. You've got a, an emerging Irv Smith Jr. You've got Kyle Root. Like, you have so many weapons. And I do think that Minnesota is a, a an offense that... Their efficiency very much mimics for me the 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 efficiency of LSU. Yeah.
1: And I did say, like we were both saying before the draft, Justin Jefferson, we want him to go to a team with establish wide receiver one. Like he was one of those guys that were in that we've been saying like he was in this fantastic offense in college. He's going to need someone to take that pressure off of him. We don't know if he can be the wide receiver one with all that coverage. Guess what? Adam Thielen's pretty great. And I know he was hurt. Oh, yeah, he was hurt all last year, so people want to ignore him. But he's a good wide receiver. I love this fit for Justin Jefferson. He just gets to slide into the wide re- wide receiver two spot because I don't
0: know who's gonna challenge him. Like who? B.C. Johnson? Like no, no. And I do like you. You also have to pay attention to like what kind of quarterback are they playing with. Like when I'm looking at like how excited I was about DK Metcalf coming into last season, I was excited because. Like, what better pairing at quarterback could you get than a guy that can place an accurate ball? And you get that in Kirk Cousins. I feel like Kirk Cousins is probably one of the more underrated NFL passers just from a a pure skill set point because he doesn't blow you out of the water with, like, he's not a splash play guy. Mm -hmm. And that's, like, that's not his game, but he's an efficient quarterback. And I do think that... That's what I want for this type of receiver. Yeah,
1: and I do think I've been lower in Justin Jefferson than most. He did put up 1,540 yards and 18 touchdowns, right? Mm. That seems amazing. Until you look at what Joe Burrow did. So he was playing with Joe Burrow in LSU. Joe Burrow threw for 5,671 yards. And then they had other passing yards in there somehow. But the offense (laughs) together had over 6,000 passing yards. Joe Burrow threw 60 touchdowns that's psychotic 60 touchdowns that is psychotic in 15 games <laughs> it's just naughty I like when I saw it I thought it was fake so when you when you see 60 touchdowns and Justin Jefferson had 18 you're like okay like all right that's like 18 sounds amazing but when it's compared to 60 it's like wow I, I do think having Jamar Chase the very best wide receiver in college football across from you really helps you get open like Jamar Chase had 1,700 yards, actually almost 1,820 touchdowns. Justin Jefferson only had 25.6% of the receiving yards. Like, I do think we need to relax a little bit on his greatness just for the fact that he was just like in the most prolific offense of all time in college. But I love the fit. I love the fit. I There's think not a better fit that he could have landed in.
0: Oh, no. Like, you, you have the vacated targets from Stephon Diggs, but then you also have the fact that just like, I can't think of, you know, a more balanced offense than the Minnesota Vikings. They run the ball very well. They pass the ball very well. Like, you want a perfect situation for your incoming rookie to enter? Like, it, it is a situation where he doesn't have to be pressured on any sort of front, and that's the Minnesota Vikings.
1: Yep. I agree with you there. Uh, so what are you doing with him in redraft? Uh, you taking him PPR league? Can he fill that Stefan? Like Stefan Diggs was pretty up and down. Are you trusting a rookie to fill his void and actually
0: be consistent? I don't like Justin Jefferson is probably in dynasty leagues my number two wide receiver right now. With this fit, I'm obsessed. I I just I love it so much. I love the just the franchise. I love everything about it, but I do think that they are in such an offensive. position Position, they don't need to force him anything. Yeah. They can take their time, let him develop. He no. can be there to divert coverage from Adam Thielen. He could be there to. He's a pretty big target,
1: right? Like he's 6'1, 202. I do think he can be used in the red zone, in the end zone. They don't really have that many options there. Like it's Thielen, Herb Smith, who's young. Kyle Rudolph, I guess, still. You have Dalvin, Dalvin Cook. Cook. I, I actually, I think I would take Justin Jefferson as a flyer in late rounds. I think he'd be one of those guys as a rookie. There's not going to be money. Like, I wouldn't take Chase Klee like you would. I'm going to take Mims or Jefferson. I'm only taking one, but whoever landed to me, I would be okay with that. I do absolutely love this fit. Now, we're we're pretty late here, Kate, and we have a lot more wide receivers
0: to get through. Should we put this to the next episode? Uh, I think we should. Let's... Let's close out round one. Okay. Right? So there is one more wide receiver that was drafted in round one. That is Brennan Ayuk went to San Francisco. Oh, my gosh. Rest in peace, Dante Pettis. Wide receiver out of Arizona State. He was a yards after the catch machine. Machine. He is speedy. He is a great route runner. Like, I think when we initially sat down and graded all of our rookies, he was our number one route runner mm-hmm. he he just he moved different. He looks and, like
1: if you're going to love Jerry Judy's route running, you gotta love Ayukes. They're they're pretty similar in that way with their route running. I we his speed and vision is great humoring. Any play to the house. Brandon Ayuk reminded us of Stefan Diggs when watching him. That's why we had him. We said he'd be a great fit for Minnesota, which they ended up taking Justin Jefferson, which, which is I a love a fantastic Hatch. fit yeah. as well. But is Ayuk super similar to Debo Samuel though. Mm.
0: Like
1: yeah. yeah, but so they're both like kind of like possession guys, right? They're both they both have good yards up to catch. It's like Which they, is
0: perfect for San Francisco. Like that yeah. is the offense that they're running with Kyle Shanahan. They are running a a really nice zone scheme. They've got the established run. They've got George Kittle. They've got so many different outlets in that offense that. All of them scheme each other open. It doesn't really matter. Yeah.
1: And he also, Ayuk was playing with a really bad quarterback as well in Arizona State. This is the thing. Like, there are so many bad quarterbacks in college football, right? So unless you're playing with the, you know, you're playing with Clemson or LSU or Alabama, who had great, even at Oklahoma, like good quarterbacks, like you're probably playing with a pretty bad one. And Arizona State was one of those. And he still put up almost 1,200 yards and eight touchdowns. That's why I'm not giving Rager as much, like, leeway as others are. It's like, okay, but a lot of these guys, Mims and Claypool and Ayuk and we could keep going on, were playing with really bad quarterbacks as well. And they were able to put up numbers. Like, why couldn't you? Yeah. Uh, it's like, why weren't you demanding that target share? Or what You know what I'm saying? So Ayuk demanded 37%. 37% is how much he produced for the receiving yards at Arizona State. That's the, incredible. The team only had 21 passing touchdowns. He had eight of them. Like, that's pretty good. My favorite part about Ayuk is that he could be used as a returner immediately. I feel like – so that means, like, he's he's going to dress A, which he probably was going to anyways. He's a first-rounder. But they're going to use him, and he's going to be in the game. He's going to be ready. He's going to be pumped up. And I think they're going to use him pretty early as a wide receiver, too. Who else is there? They just traded away Marquise Goodwin. Who was you know he was good for the team. Dante Pettis
0: clearly clearly. Word just came doesn't. out he's on the roster bubble, which oh unsurprising. God, that's, it is surprising a little bit. Like he was good
1: his rookie year. He I don't was get very
0: it. good, but there is clearly something going on between he slept Dante with Pettis and Shanahan's
1: wife. He, that like is I accurate. Had, this is totally fake, guys. But he yes. had to have like he won't give him even a shot. Like he was an early second round pick. No,
0: and even so, like the metrics that we discuss all the time. When we looked at Dante Pettis's uh, last like six games or so of 2018, so good. he excelled in just about every fantasy He's metric. He's over talented.
1: He he has something like he must have something else wrong. Out like, of out college,
0: of, he wasn't wasn't. A fantastic pros- prospect, but he definitely, like, showed himself as having potential. I don't know. I don't get it. And it, it just but...
1: fell off of the face of the earth, Ayuk and I should, don't know. Ayuk should be the wide receiver, too, there across from Debo. Obviously, there's Kittle. I think the biggest concern here when you're taking Ayuk in fantasy is, you know, they don't pass a lot in this offense. They were the 29th uh, team in passing attempts at only 478 but they're super efficient because they run so well. And Shanahan just has such a smart offense. God, he's good. So they, even though they only had the 29th, you know, their 29th in uh, passing attempts, they were 10th in most passing touchdowns and 13th in most passing yards. Efficiency. Yeah. and, and But normally when we say efficiency like that, it's going to regress, right? So but you, it's Kyle Shanahan. I know. But you either need to hope that those passing attempts go up or that that crazy efficiency stays Is there enough room for two wide receivers in this offense? With George Kittle, with with
0: George Kittle pass catching running backs. Yep. Is there enough room for Ayuk and Debo to both be good in fantasy? I'm gonna be honest, I've never been a huge Debo fan. So if I'm looking at both of these guys who have generally the same opportunity, right? You took Debo in the first or you took Debo, what, in the second round? Mm Mm-hmm. And then you've got Ayuk, who you've drafted with first-round capital. I'm pretty sure I read that that Shanahan had like Ayuk as his number one guy, if not do? number two. Um, I, he's definitely in favor with that system, and I do think that I I want that guy. Who really? It doesn't matter. Like I, I just think that him and Debo are are on the same. I think it's going to be
1: inconsistent, and I'm not touching him in redraft. He's one of those guys to keep an eye on at, like, week five, week six.
0: But look at Debo's draft capital, right? Like, in fantasy football. Like... Oh, yeah. If I'm going to take one, it would be Ayuk, but... Because I I generally just think, aside from the fact that Ayuk is a a rookie wide receiver, I would much rather get Ayuk much later in, you know, maybe a dynasty startup Mm -hmm. or something. Like, Debo's going very early, like... Mm -hmm. Top five rounds.
1: Yeah, and if you want Debo, just go draft Ayuk in the second round of rookie drafts in Dynasty. Or if you're in a startup, wait much later and take Ayuk much later. And, and redraft. I'm probably not touching him, but I am keeping an eye on him on waivers. He'll he'll be there, I think, in week five, week six. If not, it's because he's did really well. And sorry, you didn't draft him. <laughs> I I really like Ayuk. I I think he's very talented. It's just my concern with the offense, my concern that he is a very similar wide receiver to Debo. It's going to be interesting to see how they use him.
0: Absolutely. So we've closed up the first round wide receivers, which is kind of crazy that it's taken us this long to get through them. But yeah. this is how bonkers the wide receiver class is. We do have lots of other wide receivers to talk about and lots of other fits that we can we can analyze. So... Let's wrap it up today. And then how about we we talk about some of our other favorite fits next week. And we'll talk about some tight ends. There's not a lot of them.
1: We'll go through the second round next week because that's what we're planning on this week. That's why we brought up Chase Claypool and Denzel Mims as our favorite fits. And then whoops. Yeah. (laughs) we, We talk too long. Clearly. Yeah. So we'll go through the rest of the second round next week. We'll do the tight ends because there's not many that will be fantasy impactful in the first year or two. We'll go through the ones that we think could
0: be. Yeah. I love it. Um, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. You can follow me on Twitter, Kate at FFBallBlast. And Michelle at BallBlastM. BallBlast em You looked at me like, are you going to spell it? Are you going to spell it? Yeah. It, that was absolutely essential guys please be sure to check out our website ballblastfootball.com we're putting out a couple of articles a week we have our our rookie rankings up so we've got our super flex rankings our single quarterback league rankings we've got we've got lots of really cool stuff going on check us out on twitter at ballblastfootball or ballblastfb it's ballblastfootball
1: oh ballblast. Bobblast <laughs> B. On Twitter, yes. yes. BobblastFootball.com for our website. Yes.
0: Please check us out um and and give us a holler. Bye y'all. Bye.